Welcome back to the Thompson Tunes podcast, the second episode of this new format that we're adapting. And by very high request on the Instagram, I put a poll up on the story. Uh, should I have a guest on the next episode? A resounding yes. So, in light of that, we have a very special guest. Ned, what's going on? G'day, Jeff. Thanks for having me on the Thompson's Tunes podcast. Glad to be here. Very excited to have you. It's going to be a good one. So, for those who don't know, Ned's my little brother. And for those who also don't know, he's got a very special career going on at the moment. DJ Neddy T. Ned, give us a rundown of what you do. Before that, give us your social medias and like your Spotify and stuff and let everyone know. So, um, my name obviously is DJ Neddy T, spelt DJ N3 DDYT because I'm cool. And uh, my Facebook is just Ned Thompson. I do have a DJ Facebook account, but I'm not operating that at the moment. And my Instagram account is DJ underscore Neddy T. Perfect. So let's just get into this topic of you being the little DJ connoisseur that you are. When I remember when I, I don't live here anymore. I used live, I'm at my parents' house at the moment. I, I live with my girlfriend currently. And you would serenade us constantly with very loud flume music and techno shit all the time. So where did you, where's your inspiration and where did you start in this kind of DJ thing that you do? Um, so this is actually a pretty funny story. I don't really know where it came from. I do remember the early stages of my electronic music. Um, it sort of came from this app on the iPad called Launchpad. And you would basically click a load of different buttons and have different loops play together so you could technically make your own music, even though it was loops. And I guess it sort of started from creating songs using loops to then creating songs originally by me where everything is created by me. But yeah, it's one of those things I don't really remember how it sort of came to be. It just did. Well, it was. I just remember Flume was your big your big hitting point because he was the one that I'd hear all the time and I, I do vividly remember you playing a lot with that launch pad app and then you got your first actual launch pad the one that you were doing all the light shows on people's already created songs so clearly I you could I could tell that you were your music connoisseur like you loved your EDM would you say EDM is probably your most your yeah, favorite genre absolutely it's I mean, I, I'm a music lover, so you put on any song and I'll enjoy it, but EDM is where I thrive. Perfect. And I, you've just, I guess it's been a little while now since you released The L Word. Um, give us a rundown of, or not even, let's go before that. What was the first ever song you produced and released? Um, I cannot remember the name of the song. I've actually got it on private on YouTube, but... I was playing around on, so I use Ableton, and in Ableton you can use the keyboard on your computer to control like the notes, so it's sort of like an actual keyboard, and I sort of played around with it and realised I played a song, and then I turned that into a, a remix of a song, which was absolutely terrible, but that was close to six, six years ago now, I reckon, and yeah, it just sort of sparked from that. Jesus, six years ago is a long time. For those who need a bit of context, Ned is... You are at 19, nineteen now, 19. so he's been doing it for a while, and you know when you've been doing something for that long, you're getting quite good at it. So obviously, the L word, the first album that came out, just give us a give us a bit of behind the scenes DJ Nitty T on your like your creative process, and like what what it was like to have in mind that you're creating an album. 
So um, basically, I'm a very emotional person. I like to show my emotions. And halfway through last year, I said, oh, I'm going to create an album because why not? So I started making this album and throughout that time, um, I had a girlfriend and things were going great. You know, I was enjoying life. I was loving it. And then um, we broke up. And for me, someone who loves to be emotional, I'd never experienced a heartbreak in my life. And that really hit me. It hit me hard to the point where I wanted to express my feelings, but I couldn't do that just in a normal way. So I felt like writing music was my way of letting people know, you know, how I felt. So the L word is basically a story of my time being single, then getting a girlfriend, then breaking up. And it's, to me, it's my little baby. It's my everything. It's like writing a book. So if you get the chance, take 34 minutes out of your day and listen to the L word from start to finish, um, you might be able to feel, you know, what I was feeling at the time. I highly recommend you all listen to that album. And as per albums, if you don't listen to them in order, without shuffle on, I don't know what you're doing. So make sure you listen to it in order, without shuffle on. Take the 34 minutes in a row. Don't like listen to singles and stuff because it is a very, it's a very emotion-filled album, and it's you can see it in your not only you're producing, but you know the the lyrics on some of the songs and the rapping in that one song that I absolutely love. So. Obviously, that's a that's a great like motive to create art, art music being art, having emotions drive your motivation to want to make something. So, speaking on that, our words obviously come out. It's done pretty well. Um, what's the plans in the future? Um, so, I have been working my ass off during lockdown and not creating songs as much but getting my ability up there and I've been just working on you know music knowledge I've been working on my efforts to create better music so I've actually got my friend Cody who creates my artwork um, sent me a photo this morning of a new song that I'm working on with a singer in it and I've spent probably a month working on this song and it's not even half finished. So this will be my best piece of work by far. But yeah, stay tuned because I've worked on a lot of music and my ability is getting a lot better. So I've got a lot more to come. I, I personally, I could not wait any longer. I'm very excited to hear more music. Um, talking on emotions and creativity, mainly creativity. I'd like to think we're a very creative family. We all do very out there things. You know, my little, uh, our youngest brother is a skater. Uh, youngest, youngest sister is a TikTok sensation to her in her own eyes. So in my eyes, it's pretty clear that one of us has run away with the creativity the most in the family. And it's quite clearly you, Ned. So I want to talk about childhood stuff. And if you can remember... Like, where do you think your creativity sort of spired from? Because I know I had plenty of inspirations in young life, and I know we all did as brothers, like Nitro Circus and Travis Pastrana and stuff, like all those motorbike guys and all the idiot, like jackass and shit. So can you think of like a, a key, like a, I guess an icon or an idol in your eyes at a young age that sort of inspired your creativity? Um 
I was actually I've been thinking about this a lot because I don't really know how I became a creative person, but I like to think that a big part of that came from Michael Jackson. So I remember one day, this is way back. I, I was really young, and Mum and Dad were watching Michael Jackson on the TV. And I sort of walked past the landrum and thought, oh, what's this? Because, you know, he was standing there. I think it was his Super Bowl performance where he just stood there for like two minutes and just did nothing and the crowd going wild. And I thought, what is going on here? But then I got right into it and, you know, I started dressing up as him. I used to dance like him. And I think that thing of just being different, being unique, really hit me because it's like I love to just be me and be very different. I don't care what people think about me. And that's Michael Jackson in a sense. You know, he was very different. There is no one in the world that can replicate what he has done. And I reckon a lot of that was sparked from him. I do. That is one thing I admire about you. You could not give a shit what other people think of you. And on that Michael Jackson thing, that Wii game, there was like a Just Dance spin-off of Michael Jackson-only songs. I don't know how they did that's such a sellout move and we clearly got sucked into it because we bought it but you aced like every song on that game yeah i used to spend you know after school every day i'd go turn on the wii and play just dance michael jackson version and i'd nail every song i'd like to think i could dance like him i probably couldn't but (laughs) it was good fun in terms of the game i think you'd probably be top five percent in the world of people that played that game yeah easy and it was it was always a challenge between the rest of us if anyone could even get close to him, which obviously we couldn't. So, inspiration, we've got covered. Music, we've got covered. Is there anything else you want to talk about? Is there any topics that you had in mind that you want to bring up? Um, oh, just on our childhood, you know. It's, it's funny, I've, I've got a lot of friends, you know, we've had some very deep conversations about growing up and what how they've experienced growing up and my childhood growing up with two brothers and then a couple years later growing up with two sisters it was chaos you know there's always someone screaming always someone crying but I've just got so many memories of us kids just running around causing chaos and having fun and you know I'm very grateful for that especially after having a lot of drunken chats with dad (laughs) dad's childhood was very different he doesn't really tell us about it but I'm so glad to be where I am with, you know, this family. The Thompson family, clearly the best family in Bendigo. Not so. close, not close. But yeah, I'm just I'm very grateful for how I've been brought up and where I am now. I think that's actually a, a great topic to segue to. I was going to segue to some deeper stuff, but maybe that's a good thing. Let's hit the, the childhood memories of us doing stupid shit topic because I think we can hit a fair bit of stuff here. So let's go... I'll say a thing that I remember and you pick a thing that you remember. Just, or we'll do two things. I'll do a good one and a bad one and you do a good one and a bad one. Yeah. Right. So, a good one, no, I'll start with a bad one because they're so much easier, is the reason I have a scar in the middle of my forehead and you being the cause of that. Yeah. I don't know how well you remember it because I don't remember that day at all, to oh, be honest. It's crystal clear in my head. So, from what I remember, we have a little... It's essentially like a caged-off area at the back. It's like a chicken coop. We've got chickens in there now. We didn't when we were younger. And me and Ned were fighting. Who knows what for? We were very young. I'd say under 
definitely under 10 years old. Yeah, easy. And somehow Ned had acquired a pole, like a tent pole, and I was running for my life and I ran into this cage and the slots, it's like essentially like a hard steel chicken wire. So it's like squared off and they're like one inch holes. And I'm thinking I'm the man because I've hidden in this cage and I'm holding onto the cage, looking in, looking at him on the outside like, haha, I got you, I got away. And his genius pops out and he rotates the pole facing me and just jabs it through the fence, which in hindsight probably could have taken out my eye. I got a clean hit as well. And it hit me square in the forehead and left the biggest circle scab you'd ever seen that had stayed there for ages and I've still got a scar from the top half of it just on my head. I think that story sums up our childhood. <laughs> oh, absolutely. So from from my memory, that was what happened. Do you have any input on that story? Um, I mean, things like this used to happen all the time, but I just one of the things I remember is it all started from a you know a fake wrestling match on the trampoline. Oh, of course. And we were just faking hitting each other until someone threw a punch and then it got real. <laughs> And then we would chase each other around the house until, you know, we had that thing. We wanted to kill each other. And I think I got the got the upper hand on that day and smacked him with the pole. That was, yeah, I, I don't remember that day, but I do remember that day. I'll always remember that because I've got a scar to remind me of it. Now, a good thing, you're genuinely going to have to make me think. So I'm going to take you, let you go with your bad thing. All right. Well, <clears throat> there's another thing between us two. So... Years ago, we were we weren't that young, but you know it was years ago. Um, our pa bought a quad bike. You know, it's oh. a small little thing, and I was shit scared of it. I didn't want to ride it, but I think it was the first day we got it. You know, Jack was riding around; he was getting pretty good at it. And then I got pretty exhausted because it must have been really hot that day. So I decided to lie down on the on the carport. So there was carpet on the carport, and then I think the cars were somewhere else. But then Jack was just riding around on the quad bike and all of a sudden comes up behind me and I'm like, oh, is he going to run me over? And then he keeps coming, keeps coming. And then he bloody runs me over. <laughs> so I think I had my arms out and he only ran over my arm. But I remember the vehicle just going straight on top of me because I was a pretty small kid. And no injuries, but I do remember getting run over by the quad bike by him. That's funny you say that because I don't remember that because I thought you were going to pick a different story where we were up the top of Nanampas with this same quad bike and I'm not sure if I had input on this maybe I just watched you do it you tried to turn really quick and you rolled it onto yeah. yourself yeah I think um, I was going real fast and you know when you're on a vehicle and you're going fast you're like oh I'm not going to slow down and because I'd never experienced you know turning on this thing I just thought oh stuff it I'll turn the corner and basically went on me two left wheels and two two wheels were in the air, two wheels were on the ground, and I flipped it. It landed on me, and I think I rolled it. And then I got up, and I'm like, oh, shit, I've just crashed the thing. And, you know, everyone's running up going, oh, sh- oh you're right, you're right, Ned? And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm fine. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I had a few grazes after that, though. All right, so I've had a bit of time to think, and I, found, I thought of a good story, and it's at Nan and Pa's yet again. And it was, we'll have a couple... I do, one of them is not really a story, it's more a memory. That weird tent thing, hut at the top of Nanampas. Do you remember that? Yeah, that's going back like 
10, at least 10. It could even be 15. 15 years ago, yeah. Because yeah. I don't really remember what it was or why it was there or how it disappeared. Pa obviously just took it down. And he probably just burnt it. But my story is just near that, up the back, almost on the road, those little jumps that we made. Oh, yes. And we had the, the shit mountain bikes up there and we would try and make these. This was in our Nitro Circus-inspired <laughs> phase. And we made those little jumps. And I could not I could not pick a single time that we did it. Like, I can't pick an exact memory, but I just remember making them and then it raining and they got ruined and we'd make them again and we'd go over them with no helmets or anything probably a miracle that none of us hurt ourselves well we probably did to be fair yeah i do do remember that there was like sort of like a half pipe jump and then you know like a little ramp jump but that yeah that's going back years ago which actually sort of connects to my good story which is um so dad recently got a new phone and when you set it all up you know you sign into your google account or whatever and Google's amazing because he signed into mum's old Google account and all of a sudden these videos popped up from like 2007 and 2008. And you know what it was? It was the Nitro Circus Junior video. Oh my God. So me, my brothers and one of my brother's friend um, decided it'd be a funny idea to sort of make a Nitro Circus Junior thing where we'd go around the backyard just doing stupid shit like jumping off a tree log onto the ground and doing a mono on a bike and like coming off the handlebars or whatever and I think things like that where we just used to sit down and have fun and do stupid shit that was like they're the good memories I have of our childhood it was it was so much fun just causing chaos and being kids just because you found that I'm going to do a special thing if you guys follow my Instagram at Thompson underscore C-H-U-N-E-S I will source that video and I'll post a snippet on the Instagram after this podcast is released. So go follow me there, Thompson underscore C-H-U-N-E-S, if you haven't already, and I'll put a snippet of that up because I remember us talking about that not long ago and that little flip camera and you said you were trying to source that video. And popped up, so there's like four or five videos and they're just crazy. You guys don't want to miss them. They're quite intense. Um... Can you think of anything else from our childhood? Or I reckon we move on from that. Um, oh. We've done a lot of shit. Yeah, our our childhood was very crazy. We could spend a whole podcast on talking about this shit. So maybe in the future, I'll get Sam as well. And we'll have a triple header podcast, my other youngest brother. That'll be bloody interesting. And we'll just do childhood stories because that would be pretty good. So let me know if you guys want that. Comment it. Rate it five star on iTunes. Well, not, it's not iTunes anymore. It's Apple Podcasts. And let me know and we could sort that out. All right. I reckon we can jump into the serious topic now. Yeah. So I had this one brewing. Initially, Ned wasn't going to be my guest for today. I was going to save him for a later date. But my other guest, who is my my girlfriend's brother, who he hates calling me calling him that. So I'm going to say Jackson who will be on soon enough. He has work today. Also my workmate. Also his workmate. So if we have both of these guys on, it could be some great stories about work too. Um, I wrote down this topic because it kind of gets us both. And it's about that period in the last... I'd say it's from about... Maybe it starts in year nine. 
and goes through to year 12 and it's that period of you have to decide what you want to do after school so we took different routes which is good it gives us two different sides to it so I'll start with mine I had no clue what I wanted to do from year nine to through all of it I had no idea so year nine I was a cruiser at school I just went through every like I just passed I didn't try really hard I just got through everything and passed and then moved on so year 10 still didn't really know what I wanted to do I did VCE PE in year 10 but that was just because it's PE like it's fun my mates were doing it so I was gonna do that so year 11 comes around where you ha- you actually have to decide what you want to do because your classes start to matter. And I picked, I remember English and maths because it was just, it's essentially like an unwritten rule that everyone does, like English and maths. And I did PE, obviously, and then I did psychology. And then in year 12, I did the same subjects minus PE plus business management. So through this that time obviously you're trying to figure out what you want to do i had a steady job and i still work at this job it's just a warehouse it's essentially a it's a wholesaler so like a warehouse supermarket and i couldn't pick what i wanted to do i really enjoyed psychology and that was what i ended up sitting on i thought all right the the atar you need is it was 50 which is essentially c's for the whole year which i managed i think i got something like a 62 and I decided, yep, I'm going to go to uni. I went to an open day, talked to the psychology people. They sold me a dream. So I enrolled in psych- psychological science at university in 2018, which is my first year of uni. And I got not even six months through it, and I hated it. And that made me think recently, in the last podcast I was talking to myself about it, that period where they essentially where the government, I guess, makes you pick what you want to do and it really puts a lot of pressure on younger people. So I want to get your side of this, Ned. Let me know from... Give me your... From year nine onwards and what you've done afterwards and then we'll talk about more. So basically, I have taken a very different route. I've actually... um, From year... I think year eight, when I started doing, you know, all this music stuff, I said to myself, that's what I want to do in the future. And I've stuck by that ever since. So from year nine to year 10, you know, picking my subjects, I was just focused on picking subjects that I'd like rather than things that would be beneficial for my future. So I think uh, for year 11, I can't remember. I did photography, um, music, media, English and maths. And, you know, I carried them over. Um, But... So, for my ATAR, I wasn't worried about getting an ATAR. And to this day, I don't know what I got because (laughs) it doesn't matter to me because I know I was one of those lucky people that knew what they wanted to do after school. Um, There's not a clear path to be a music producer. There's no course that you take that gets you in there. You just have to be good at it. And it's an art form. It's like I need to spend time working on my art form to be able to get where I want to be. And there's no course that actually teaches that. It's myself it's me that has to do it so for this year you know year 12 was last year i decided to have a gap year just to work a bit earn money and also work on my music and then hopefully the plan is to i don't know how um realistic it is anymore 
but I wanted to go to this music school in Melbourne, which has the most incredible facilities I've ever seen, and you know, surrounded by professional music producers and all these people that have dealt with music their whole life, and that's where I want to be, but with Corona and all that, it sort of backed it up. But then again, this year, you know, I've created a lot of music, and I've, you know, I've got my um, abilities up. So it's all just working. It's very, di- very different, but it's all just working on, you know, my art form compared to working on what actually, like courses and all that. I, I'm not really too fussed about the future because I've had a lot of deep conversations with my friend. Shout out Mitch Pierce. Um, we've had a lot of deep conversations about if you know if you want something you just you put your mind to it and you go to it and you can get there and that's what I'm doing with this whole music thing I'm focusing on it like it's the be all and end all and I'm not too fussed about anything else because I know that if I work hard enough I will get there so school for me was sort of just you know you just have to do it you just have to go through it and it wasn't really oh I need to focus on school to get here because for me personally I need to focus on my skills and you know getting my art form better to be where I want to be so it's very different to the usual do a course and get an ATAR and all that. I want to touch on something you just said then that you being one of the lucky ones who figured out what they want to do early and this sort of I guess it's a mindset that people have where people think they have to have their life sorted out and I'm guilty of falling under this uh, where you go through school a lot of people don't have it until they're finished school so in my mind school was my focus but I couldn't see further on I sort of tunnel vision to school I was like okay got to get through school like you said you just kind of have to get through it it's like everyone does it you have to do it And then I got to the end of the tunnel and I thought, what do I do now? And then you saying, you know, being one of the lucky ones, it really is, it seems that in a lot of circumstances, it's uncommon that people actually understand or have figured out what they want to do. And yours is a really cool path. I like yours because it's different. And like you said, I was going to touch on it. If you didn't, there's not really a straight line. There's not many people that have kind of, pave the way for that sort of career path yet because it's not really as you know I guess it's not frowned upon but it's not really as highly looked at by a lot of society because people kind of just want to jump in and go people need to be cogs you know like we need accountants we need bankers we need fast food workers we need supermarket workers but like that path of it's essentially just a path of being or doing what you want to do which a lot of people don't take. I know I've known a couple of people who kind of just follow, you know, they kind of feel pressured by those around them, like their peers, their family, to kind of just follow a straight line and do these specific classes and this specific course just to get to an end goal where they probably won't be happy. And like you said with yours, and it's it's kind of what I'm doing with this podcast, is there's a lot of things that are not paved yet or whether they ever will be is also a good question, but especially in the music and arts industry, it's almost like people look at it like, oh, why are you doing that? Like, you can't do a course for that. Why are you doing that? But it's also a path that, like, you know, you can be more successful than people doing 
normal stuff could ever be with that sort of a path. So I also want to talk about that, your initial thoughts of wanting to go to that music college and what your reactions were from not only like your family, but your friends. So um, I think I had trouble finding, you know, a course that suits me because I want to make my own music, whereas courses, the usual course, there used to be one in Bendigo Tafe, but they shut it down. But it teaches how to um, be a how to record bands and live music and stuff. And yes, that's like along the path of what I want to do, but it's not, it doesn't interest me. You know, it's completely different to what I'm doing. It's like teaching someone how to paint compared to painting something yourself. So to find this school was crazy because it offers exactly what I want to do. But um, all of my friends are very supportive. I'm very lucky. I've got a a huge friend group that are, we're all so close to each other and they know that I'm you know I'm very different and I think um, when I put on when I went there for the open day and you know I put all these videos on my story of like a school with all this music stuff a lot of my friends were like oh that dude that's awesome I'm so happy for you and all that because you know I'm following my passion I'm following my you know my word what I want to do so mum and dad loved it as well Dad actually said um, he wants to apply for that school as a joke <laughs> because he would love to go back and have a childhood where he experienced all this. So, yes, it is different, but I think everyone just goes, oh, yeah, it's Ned. He, he's a creative person. He'll do that. That was something I sort of touched on last week, or not last week, last episode of the podcast as well, is to do with friendship groups. And I know my friendship group is a massive part of my life, cause, especially because I've moved out of home so I don't see mum and dad as much I don't see you guys as much so you know it'll it's pretty regularly that I'm, I'm on PlayStation talking to my mates and keeping up with them and the one thing I was talking about last week was overthinking and staying quiet about being sort of down so I want to see from my friendship group to yours what that's sort of like because I know your friendship group isn't as much into consoles and stuff so you don't have that we have a constant form of communication like we pretty much get on every night and we voice talk to each other so we're pretty well in in contact with each other and we know where we're at so from a from perspective of a group that doesn't really have that sort of same uh like contact i guess how do you guys keep in contact and do you keep up with everyone well or is there people in your group that you feel like you don't know as much because of that so um you know, as I said, our friend, my friend group is amazing. All you have to do is look at my wall. There's my old longboard, which is snapped um, at the end. It's a beautiful longboard, and by the way. It's covered, completely covered by right, um, messages from my friends. You know, there's Sharpie on there from all of my friends saying, like, how lovely you are. And all it's amazing. And then if you look below that, I should probably clean it up, but there's <laughs> about 10 bottles of cider. And basically... Or three or four nights ago, we all got on Zoom and you know spent the night chatting to each other and playing games. <coughs> and you know we we do have a group chat and all that. We don't chat too often. I think everyone's a lot like very busy these days. Um, and you know it's it's very hard to keep in touch with people for very 
we it's a just a weird time of life at the moment. But I can tell you for a fact that <coughs> even if we you know haven't seen each other for god two months, three months or something like that, um, we're always you know we always try and plan a gather or some at someone's house, and we always try and get together because when we are together, we just have the best times. We love to chat about anything and everything, and yeah, it's it's hard because we all just want to see each other at the moment, but we can't. And I think um, Snapchat group message is the way to go at the moment. You know, we're trying to keep in touch, and <coughs> even I think the whole group has stayed in touch. Um, we haven't changed much as a group for like three, four years or something like that, so we're pretty close. But it's all, yeah, coronavirus has sort of stuffed us up. But, I mean, you know, as soon as this is over, we're all going to get together and have the best time ever. And, yeah, we're just thankful that <laughs> we're all together still. Oh, personally, I cannot wait for the virus to go away. I'd love to have a catch-up with not only my mates, but I'd be happy to see your mates again, that's for sure. That's actually, you had a good point in there that I want to bring up that sort of wraps back around to the other topic of the decision after school. Did your group get any bigger or smaller after everyone sort of makes up their mind and goes their different ways? I think, I'm trying to remember, I think we lost one person. And I think before school finished, we all said, no matter what happens, we're keeping in touch. We still, um, I don't know who wants, I know three of my friends want to do it so bad, but we all want to get a little tattoo that represents our group because, you know, we call ourselves the OG group and we always have, it's just a thing that we do. And we're, yeah, we've, we said that we're going to stick together and we have done and I couldn't imagine life without those friends, so, yeah. Yeah, very important friends to have the lifelong ones, the ones that you know for sure that you'll be able to keep around for the longest time. And I reckon we can segue out of the darker topics and hit a good one because you just gave me a a spot of inspiration. Tattoos. So you've got a few. Yeah. I don't have any yet. Sorry, Mum, if you're listening. So let's let's start from the start. Your first tattoo and the reaction you got from everyone. <laughs> So, um, I'm a man of my word and I've got that mentality, you know, if I want to do something, I go out and do it. No ifs, no buts, you know, no one can stop me. Basically, um, I think two months after I turned 18, um, I've been, by the way, I've planned some of these tattoos for the past three or four years. So I, I know what my arm's going to look like in five years. Um, but this tattoo specifically, I actually, so Jackson... My best friend, we've been best friends for, for like, kinder or early spring, early um, primary school. But, you know, he's been a huge part of my life. And basically, I've got his initials on my wrist. And one day, I just woke up and I thought, um, I really want to get this tattoo done, you know. I think it would be an awesome tattoo to get because I've got my best friend's initials on me for life. Some people think it's weird. But I think it's awesome because every time I look at it, I think back to my childhood, think back to now, think back to you know, how close we are and how much of an influence he is in my life. So I got that done. I didn't tell anyone. I just woke up, rode to the tattoo store, got it done. And I posted a photo on Instagram without telling anyone. And I got a 
a call from mum straight away saying, um, is that real? And then I was like, yep, sure is. And she was like, why? Why have you done that? <laughs> But I think now I've got seven tattoos and every time I come home with a new tattoo, everyone's like, oh, here we go. He's got another one. <laughs> Just before we run down the rest of your tattoos, I remember seeing that Instagram post. It's a funny story because me and my mates were on our way to Adelaide and our youngest brother actually was with us for a festival, which is about an eight-hour drive for us. That was a bit of a... We decided early, it was a spin-off festival, we decided, all right, let's do it. Let's go to Adelaide for a festival. We're going to drive there, stay in Airbnb. And we're about halfway there, and I look on Instagram, and I'm not going to lie, my first reaction, I saw the tattoo, and I thought, holy shit, did Jackson die? Because I was like, his initials on your arm, like, that must be big. But then, you know, I came home the next day or whatever, after we had our festival, come home, talked to Ned about it I was like oh yeah like I understand it but that my initial reaction was holy shit like did he pass away like I I couldn't see any other way about it but let's go what was your next tattoo was it the Cheshire Cat um uh, no so the next one was was, the Avicii one yeah so obviously um if you know me you know that I love Avicii he was his music oh changed the way I listened to electronic music because it sort of gave me you know, it put feeling into dance music, which was how a lot like it's influenced me a lot. But when he passed away, I was like so emotionally hurt because you know this huge producer who's probably got a lot more bangers in him, he's just passed away. But then what made it worse was how he died. So I don't know if it's officially been announced or whatever, but he did commit suicide. Um, and you know, I've this thing's it's just so disappointing to see when something like that happens so i thought what better way to make it up than to get his uh, logo tattooed on my middle finger so one of his last shows he actually did i watched a live stream of it and in the last song that he played i can't remember there'll be a clip of it on youtube somewhere but he actually put his middle finger up and he said this is to all the haters that said i'd never make it and that just that was so so emotional for me and so I thought, I'll get it on my middle finger because that represents, you know, telling the haters to back off and showing that you are capable of doing good things. So, yeah, the Avicii tattoo was still one of my favourites. Two triangles, but awesome. That's I actually genuinely didn't know that. And the simplicity, I do like the simplicity of the tattoo. It is very simple. And you got to tell us the reaction of people when they saw a finger tattoo as your second tattoo. Yeah, I think a lot of people call me crazy because... When you get a tattoo on your finger, it's like you're ruining a lot of things. You know, you're ruining your hand. You know, people will always see it. What if you go on a job interviews like that? You're not going to get a job. But uh, I, I put it on the hand so people can see it because it is, you know, it can spark a conversation. But it, it's also very meaningful, and I want people to see it. Which is why I've got a lot of my tattoos on my hand because I actually want people to see them. I don't want to hide them and have it just for me. And I also think it looks really cool. Alright, let's do a quick rundown of the rest of them, but not the one on your on your back of your hand. So the other two on your hands, you've so, got the... Is it the Syndicate logo? Yeah, so I don't know if I've ex- actually explained this to you, but the Syndicate one, a couple of reasons, it's basically for you. So Syndicate was a huge part of my life growing up because, you know, it was the gaming... Oh, I used to just watch him non-stop. But I remember, and I found the video last night of 
me and you used to watch his Minecraft Let's Play. Oh, yeah. And one day after school, we stayed up real late and we watched his live stream of him defeating the Ender Dragon. (laughs) And so that was just a memorable night because, you know, we bonded that night. We were like, we're so invested in it. I just remember me and you smiling together and all that. So the next day he announced that he was releasing new merch and the merch was actually a really sick lion. I remember this. the lion that I've got on my middle finger. So that represents, you know, the gaming side of things, but it's mainly every time I look at it, I just think of me and you watching Syndicate. They were, that was the day. I appreciate it. I never knew that. That's really kind of really cool. I'm glad you said that. So give us the other ones. What's the point of finger one? So um, this is the most recent one. It is the Mighty Boosh logo. Oh, that's like, it. So this, um, these two also have a double meaning. So I want to get, um, I love my pets. My, I don't know if you can see, but I've got Max, Rosie, uh, Bella and Maxie up there. So... In order to, because you know they were a huge part of my life, and I wanted to get something that represents them. So the lion also represents Bella, and the Mighty Boosh logo represents Maxie because <laughs> of how special he was. But yeah, the Mighty Boosh that was just that was my childhood. Reminds me of my cousin Trent, and just you know the weirdness that was our childhood. Shout out Trent. Also, just had a, his first baby. We're all very excited to meet her once lockdowns up and done. Um, next one, the spider. Um, yeah, so, <clears throat> Spider-Man, obviously a huge influence in my life. I still use my Spider-Man blanket, um, that I've had since I was like six or seven. I've got an original mint condition Spider-Man collector thing. <laughs> you know, I've got huge Spider-Man posters in my room. Um, and then, this is what it actually means. Uh, the last day of school, forever, year 12, was markup day, and we had to dress up. I dressed up as Spider-Man. Go figure. But that whole week, just the last week of school, out of nowhere, I had three different conversations about Spider-Man with people that I'd never talked to in my life. Just out of nowhere. So it's like it was all meant to be. And then the um, <coughs> the party that we had after Markup Day was incredible. It was like our send-off. And, you know, I just remember getting so emotional because we were all like, oh, this is it. You know, all of our schooling life is done. And so that tattoo reminds me of the last week of school, which is something just incredible for me. So that's the the finger ones done. Now quickly run me through the Cheshire one. This is on your inner bicep. Yeah, so I've got um, Cheshire cat on my inner bicep. And this is another one of those in-the-moment things. I had a bit of a breakdown one day and I said, nah, stuff this, I'm going to Melbourne. So I picked up my longboard, got on the train and went to Melbourne on my own. And just spent the day just doing whatever, which is, for me, that's just the goal. Like, it, it is so good just to be free and do whatever. But I rode past this tattoo shop and I thought, oh, maybe I'll just go in and get a tattoo because why not? And so this tattoo represents a few things. Um, the Cheshire Cat, the actual character, you know, he moves Alice forward. He's always there to support people and show them the, the way and I'd like to think that I have that power and, you know, I put it on my muscle because, you know, it's a, it's a power to be able to guide people. So I've got that. But it's also for my, you know, my mental health, my depression. You turn around and you've got this huge smiley face on your arm. You're going to start smiling instantly. So it's just a reminder just to be happy all the time like the cat is, you know, try and my goal in life is to have a smile as big as that. 
All right, perfect. Let's jump in. This is your last one, isn't it? Yeah. So, this is my... I like this one the most. The Flume... What's it from? I know it's from an album. So, it's from Skin Companion Ep 1, which I've got on CD over there. But, you know, Flume... I mean, Flume is my life right now. I've got a huge Flume sign that I made right behind me. And this... When this EP dropped, um, it was just very different because... You know, it was like the flume sound had already been established, but this EP has got a very different few tracks on it, and I connected with it a lot. And so I thought I'd get that album cover on my hand because it'll remind me about flume all the time, and it looks incredibly cool. Jonathan Zawada, who makes the artwork, he's just a very talented individual. So I've got the flower on my hand, which is just amazing. The flower is, I think it's my favourite. The line work and stuff on that one is really cool and the shading and stuff. So that's your tattoos all done. Let's get a quick overview of your what, what you want tattoo-wise in the future. So I've got a few, um, a few images of what my arm will look like. Basically... You know, it's been changing along the, along the way just to adjust to what I really want. But I've always been obsessed with, um, you know, Chinese lion dancing and all that. I've actually got a, a lion above me right now. But um, just the, the different, you know, the weird mythology behind it, it's, it's amazing. And, you know, I'm a very bright, colourful person. So I want to get a dragon that's wrapped around my arm, a very bright, colourful dragon. And that'll be, like, my main tattoo because I like... You know, I'm a very bright person. I like to brighten things up. So to have this huge, colourful piece on my arm would look amazing. But yeah, all my tattoos um, are going to go on my left arm and I'm just going to keep it to that. So it's not, you know, I'm not overdoing it and getting tattoos on my neck and my legs or whatever. But but yeah, I, tattoos are amazing in my opinion. So I want to talk about tattoos for me because I've always wanted a tattoo and... I'm not in the same sort of position as you where I want like a sleeve or like on my fingers and stuff. And my initial, I tried to pick like where I could put them where it's sort of like, yeah, I like having them there. They're not too obvious, but I know they're there. And I thought like around my upper leg. So where if I I'm wearing like, if I'm wearing like short shorts, you'll be able to see them, but like normal length shorts, you won't even be able to see them. And I want to talk about like the decision because I know you're you're good at impulse decision getting tattoos clearly. I've gone through about 17 different things that I thought I want on my leg and now I don't want any of them. So I initially I wanted the Brockhampton couch logo. Now I don't want that. I wanted to get like a dog paw. Now I don't really want that. I don't know what I want to get, but I want to get a tattoo. So when you got that first one, obviously it was quite impulse. But like, did you re- did you genuinely just wake up and go, "Yep, today's the day"? Yeah, I mean, I can show. You. I've got my grade six shirt, you know, that everyone, all my friends signed and everything. And Jacko did that little JR signature on it. And I remember saying to him then and there, I was like, "I'm getting this tattooed on me. I don't know when, I don't know where, but I will." And so it's always been in my head. But yeah, that day I woke up and I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna do it because why wait? Like, what, what am I waiting for? You know, I may as well do it. I'm allowed to do it. And I've got the money to do it. So I went and done it. And I'm glad I did it because that sparked the rest of my tattoos. You know, if I didn't get that first one, I probably wouldn't have got the rest of them. 
that's a that's also wrapping this podcast just linking so perfectly to last the last episode when it comes to the overthinking thing clearly it doesn't doesn't hit your head as bad as it does others where people some people will sit there for like me like i might be overthinking it like oh, i don't know like what i want where i want it whereas you would just wake up and go yeah i'm gonna do it i've known this about myself for a very long time and i think a lot of my friends know it but i've got this ability to just not care and because you know we're living this life where you can choose what you want to do but i feel like a lot of people live by others and they go oh well others will see me like this you know people will see me like that i don't care what people see me like i just want to enjoy life and have fun and have a, have a big smile on my face so it's like getting those hand tattoos yes it probably to other people they go geez he's ruined his hand but to me it couldn't have made me ha- any happier and it's just very impulsive decisions but i'm glad it's turned out perfect i can tell you for free you're in a position where a lot of people want to be in so keep keep that attitude up because it's brilliant to see let's let's jump jump off the the tattoo bandwagon i've just i'm just looking around the room because there's so much inspiration in here for more conversations so let's do a few quick fire topics so i'll give you a topic and you've got two minutes to answer about it so we can cover some ground first one ned whiskey oh so you actually got me onto this i think it was my cousin's 18th birthday I wasn't I wasn't drinking at all, you know. I I didn't really think drinking would be, you know, a big thing. But you came to me and gave me this thing called Ned Whiskey and you're like, Oh, I have have a go of this and I'm like, Oh, I've never had whiskey. I actually I've never had a lot of alcohol in my life, so I'm like, Oh, I'll give it a go. And I actually really enjoyed it and it helped that it's called Ned as well. <laughs> but yeah, I've got a full shelf full of Ned whiskey now. It's just the best whiskey. And I'm not just saying that because it's Ned. Like, I used to drink Jack Daniels. And I've got a few other whiskeys floating around. But Ned whiskey is just... The taste is unreal. It's very cool aesthetic, too. It's the Ned Cali logo and stuff. So, hopefully one day when you get up there, we can get a Ned Cali spon- or Ned sponsorship. Yeah, and we can get whiskey on deck every day. Alright, topic two. Footy cards. Uh, so... <clears throat> I love collecting things. I've got a few collections of just different random things. But Pa used to buy footy cards for us and, you know, you go to the news agency and get, like, a folder and 20 packs or whatever. And I thought it was pretty cool, but it wasn't until I started making money I realised I could, I could buy my own footy cards. So I've got a huge collection ranging from 1996 all the way to now. And, I mean, I've got a a few cards that are worth a couple hundred bucks but yeah i'm just building the collection and i'm i don't have plans of selling it anytime soon but i'm just going to collect it and collect it and collect it until i get bored of it so yeah it's a very colorful and cool looking collection that's for sure all right photography namely that one so this is a thing um just before you jump into it the photo is it was for a competition paul bennett an air show and i'll definitely put this picture up on my instagram and yeah it's of the air show and it's of a just a biplane flying through around some smoke and stuff so go so year year eight maybe no year nine i picked up a little fake gopro from big w and i just thought you know recording things is amazing you can actually capture things and put it on a screen and photography was never really in my mind but then year 10 came around 
and I picked up photography as a, you know, subject, and I I just picked it up straight away. You know, I learned how to use the camera, and personally, I think I use it very well. But I managed to go to an air show and actually take an award-winning shot. So it won the competition. I think it was a junior competition, and then the next year um, for school photography, I took three huge awesome pieces of uh, uh, photos of the Milky Way which I think are unreal and then I actually managed to win the photography competition for school which I picked up 200 bucks for that so it's just another one of those hobbies that I just picked up real quick that is probably a good segue into the next one that bass guitar up there yeah um, I I think I picked up a bass guitar in like year 7 and I hated it. I could not play it. I didn't know how to. I didn't want to. And then a couple of years ago, for my birthday, mum and dad were like, oh, we're going to get you a surprise this year. I'm like, oh, no worries. Ended up getting a bass guitar. And I was like, this is absolutely amazing. It's something unique, something that I can do as well. And then I think it took probably a month before I really picked it up. And now it sort of just comes natural to me. So it's just another one of those things that I picked up, another one of those hobbies. That's something I'll, I'll say also. We're a very musical family. So dad's a, an excellent drummer and he's very good on the guitar as well. My youngest brother is a drummer and the same, can play a little bit of guitar. Ned was probably, you were a drummer when you were a kid, weren't you, for a little yeah, bit? Yeah, there's a video of me playing drums somewhere. And then you picked up this bass guitar when, it was legit last year, wasn't it, or the year before? Two years. Two years ago. Picked up the bass guitar. Within a week, he was the best bass guitarist I've met. And then I, when I was a kid, I used to play guitar. I had lessons. Don't really play it as much now. Ned transitioned from bass to actual guitar and can now play actual guitar better than I ever could. So he's a very talented individual. I'll give you that for sure, Ned. Yeah, but our, our family is very music orientated. Like, you know, I've got a bass guitar and a huge amp in here. And then the next room over, there's a drum kit and a few guitars hanging on the wall. And then in the lounge room, there's an acoustic <laughs> guitar. And in the other lounge room, there's an electric guitar. So we're very, very music. And a keyboard, actually, in the lounge room as well. All right, another topic. Let's start off with skateboarding and then longboarding. All right. Um, I think we were, all three of us boys were very, we were skater boys when we were little. Yep. Um, our parts boiled us one day and bought us all brand new skateboards. I don't think any of us knew how to ride, but know we had skateboards and then from there it just turned into you know full on trying to become the world's best skater <laughs> and uh, I loved it I wish I kept all my decks from back then but I, I was no good like I couldn't do any tricks but just the feeling of getting on a board and pretending you know you can do these mad tricks that was just that was what us three boys used to do and then long what happened how did you pick up longboarding um so one year for Christmas you know we're trying to decide what we wanted and mum took us to Rebel Sport I think and there was this it's a long board I would call it a really small board now because it's tiny but it was like an entry level long board um, and I thought oh yeah why not I'll give that a go um, the first time I ever rode it I was like holy shit long boarding is for me and so I used to ride that everywhere I think I had it for two years before I bought a new one and the one I bought after that was very professional. It cost a bit of money. And from year 10, year 11, no, year 11 and year 12, 
I rode my longboard to school probably 98% of the time. And my longboard is everything. I still get this thing today where people go, why have you not got your license? <laughs> and I still say, I, don't, I just don't need it because I get, everywhere, I get around on my longboard. Like, I ride to school, sometimes I ride to work. I usually go on late night adventures on my longboard because we live close to town. I even rode to Strath a couple times, Strath would say, which is like a huge ride, but it's fun. As soon as it's also good for my mental health, you know, you just you're in your own world when I'm on that thing, and I love it. I could not think of any anything better in my life than a longboard. It's just amazing. That's a the good point with the mental health thing. With a lot, me time is a big thing with me. I like to make sure that everyone. You need to make sure you have a bit of me time and that's like the ideal situation. Like you, you yourself and you just on a longboard in the middle of nowhere, you know, at night, at, during the day, whatever. That That's like exactly what you need for a bit of mental clarity every now and then. Yeah, I do remember um, towards the end of last year was when I hit a real bad mental health spike and I remember, you know, mum and dad found out about it. Dad took me aside one day and had a chat about it but I used to just get on my longboard and ride and I've got a lot of snapchats I think even on my Facebook I uploaded a, an album of like 38 photos of just me on my longboard because I just love it you know I'm so happy I'm in my own world I'm just smiling I forget about every issue I've got and just focus on trying to not hit a rock and fall off <laughs> nah but it's it's amazing it's good fun alright let's I'm trying to think of one more topic and I think I've got it and it's that little fish over there. I say little, like he's not the size of my hand. Yeah, so my fish, Mark, um, he means a lot to me because, so Mark is a flower horn cichlid. He's a very special fish. You can only really get them in Melbourne and even then it's hard to find a real good one and they get expensive. But basically... Um, just before I got him, probably two weeks before I got him, we found out that one of my teachers, my grade three teacher, and probably that school's best teacher ever, Mark Stevens, had passed away. And that shocked every one of us that had ever known him. Um, you know, Steve-O was a bright human. He was so happy. He was always encouraging people to do their best and be their best. And I just, all my memories of him are just having fun and laughing. And so when we found out that, I, it sort of hit me. And it, it, sort of, it was sort of like, well, I'm about to get a fish that has a lifespan of 18 years. So I'm going to commit to this fish. So I'm going to name him after my, my teacher that has passed away. So Mark is named after Steve-O, who he represents perfectly because he's a bright, colourful fish. He loves to be playful. He's very, you know, he's always, you can always watch him and enjoy him like, He's been picking up rocks and throwing them. <laughs> I was going to say that. He picks up rocks in his mouth randomly and just shoots them out. It's quite a unique sight. But he does. He keeps me company in this room. So <clears throat> I couldn't imagine my life without him already. He's only he's a year and a bit old and he's growing like crazy. So I'm going to have to get a bigger tank for him one day. But yeah, Mark means a lot to me. All right. Well, that's that's hit all the quick fire questions because I can't think of anything else in this very decorated room. Um, so we can pretty much wrap it up there. I think. I think we've hit a, fa- a pretty good. I think the podcast is, it's looking like it's going to be over an hour long. So, as per, I'm going to make this a tradition. 
what's what's the word that people have to comment to let you know that we've they've reached this far in? Just any word. Um, this is for dad. I'm gonna say KTM. KTM. So if you make it this far into the podcast, comment KTM. Um, you go find us on wherever you listen to us on. You know we're on YouTube at Thompson Tunes. Uh, oh, the YouTube is actually just Jack Thompson at the moment. I probably will look into changing that, but I'm still not set on the name. So also, if you want to message into the Instagram, Thompson underscore C-H-U-N-E-S, Tunes, um, if maybe some new name ideas, because I don't know if Thompson Tunes really fits what we're going for at the, anymore. Um, but before we get into the full wrap-up, Ned, I just want to say thank you for jumping on. Um, it's a bit of a strange strange experience i've just brought all my shit here and we've pulled out some dodgy mic hopefully i can fix up the the sound balance between my overpowering voice and ned's but thank you for coming on yeah thank you i think this whole experience is amazing just i remember you picked me up the other day and we had a chat in the car it's probably the first time in a while that we've actually talked like that and yeah i just i've missed you though so it's good fun. No, this is good. I'll definitely be listening to this back many times, that's for sure. And we'll book you in for another one with Sam. I think that would be hilarious. Um, but one more time, hit us with all where everyone can find you on every platform. So my Instagram account is DJ underscore Neddy T, spelled N3DDYT. Um, my Facebook is Ned Thompson. And yeah, my Spotify is DJ Neddy T, obviously. Yeah, please go listen to that. That album, The Owl Word, on Spotify. Is it on Apple Music? It's on everything you can think of. Perfect. So go listen to that. If you listen to it, you know, put it on your story. Put one of the songs on. Tag me. Tag Ned. I'll share it on the page. Um, go follow all these other stuff. If you want to follow the Instagram, obviously I've said it 15 times. Thompson underscore C-H-U-N-E-S. And my Twitter is at the Jack TheJackTH. Um, not much shit posting going on at the moment because the basketball has been cancelled. Hope everything in America starts, you know, getting a bit better. We get a bit of social justice over there. But yeah, look, that'll that'll probably do it for today. I'm going to have to edit this and make sure it's all good. Hopefully it's up by tonight. But I appreciate you coming on. And we'll definitely do this again sometime. Yeah, sure. All right. Thanks everyone for listening. Remember, comment KTM if you get this far through. And I'll see you next time.